And I had this aha moment when I was in yoga and my yoga teacher said, every decision in life you either make out of love or out of fear. And this really resonated with me because it was something I always knew. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today we have David Hensel, who is the previous co-founder, one of the previous co-founders of Max CDN, and now the founder of Managing Happiness. We also played, interesting note, we also played EverQuest on the same server a long time ago. This is like when I was 13 or something. But David, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for being here. So just to elaborate on that story a little bit, I mean, it's it's such a small world that, you know, we're on a server with like a thousand people or so, and then, you know, you go back a couple of weeks and then we're, we're having breakfast, meeting each other for the first time in, in Amsterdam. Um, so that's how this world is today. But uh, yeah, David, for you. <laughs> that is the internet, man. Um, I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, who you are and uh, yeah, a little bit about your story. Sure, sure. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur. I dropped out of school when I was 15. And, you know, I was always driven to do my own thing. And my big dream was to move to America. I'm from Germany originally. And when I was when I was 18, I visited Los Angeles and I fell in love with the city. And I knew I have to move there at some point. But given the fact that I, you know, didn't, don't have a formal education, I could not get, you know, an H-1B visa to move over. So I had to figure out something else. And uh, I built up an e-commerce business in Germany, which I sold in, oh my God, in 07 or 08 which gave me the money to get my investor visa to come to the States. And in 2009, we started MaxCDN, which um, went pretty great. It was a really awesome ride. We sold it early last year. And the, the reason why I sold it is, give me some real, real personal background, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, this was like a really big wake-up moment for me to think about, you know, what do I actually do with my life? Life is ending. And I envisioned me laying on my deathbed thinking, did I really do what I was supposed to do? Did I have the impact that I want to have in the world? And Maxidian was having an impact in, you know, especially in our employees' lives, but not in the big picture. So I decided, you know, talk with my business partner to, you know, I not saying convince him, but you know, I I, I put in my 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 two cents that we we should sell. And um so I can focus on my my actual passion, which is managing happiness. Got it. All right. Well, I, I want to dive back into, you know, some of your, your earlier success. So, I, I mean, you know, talking about, uh, you know, you selling that that e-commerce company and then also Maxidian because people like numbers, right? So when you sold it in 2008 to get started with this new venture, you know, what was the range of what you sold it in? And when you sold Maxidian, what was that amount for? So the, the e-commerce business was not that phenomenal. It was like 300 grand-ish, but it was enough to get my investor visa. And uh, MaxCDN sold for a very handsome amount, but we are contractually bound not to talk about it, unfortunately. Got it. Okay. But it was, it was good. <laughs> Got it. Would you say north of eight figures? What's eight figures? Eight figures is, yes. Over 10 million. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you know, a little, I, w- I want to do a little more background on one of these companies. And then uh, I, I do want to dive into, you know, managing happiness because I, I, you know, the, that's what we basically talked about when we had breakfast. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you had an e-commerce business and then you decided to start this thing, MaxCDN, which I've I think we still use, actually. So what is what is MaxCDN? Why did you decide to start it? How do you even start something like that? So. I want to move to Los Angeles and this was like my goal. So I didn't really have like a clear plan on what I'm going to do there. So I just flew over and I had really good friends there. And, um, you know, it was just like kind of feeling the market out, what I could start. I had some ideas, but uh, my, one of my really good friends that just sold this hosting company and was about to start MaxCDN and well, NetDNA actually, first it was called NetDNA. I don't know if you remember this. No, no. And, um, he asked me if I want to invest and uh, you know do the the marketing and product part, and this was a really good fit. So this is how. So I did not have the idea to do this, and like the <laughs> the I think the actual reason why we started CDN was that Chris had a non compete, so he could not start a new hosting company. And CDN is kind of close to hosting, but there was you know like a contractual clause that we can't start a CDN, and this is why we started a CDN. Got it. And, and so just for people in the audience, and maybe a refresher for me as as well, what is a CDN? A CDN is a content delivery network, mm-hmm. and what it does, it, it takes a copy of the um, images or files on your web server and puts them on servers around the world. So when somebody visits your website, the website loads faster. Let's say somebody's coming from Germany, is looking at your site that's hosted in, in the server in Los Angeles, then the bits and bytes will travel around the world, and this would take you know some time. And if you use a CDN, then you get the heavy objects from the Frankfurt server when you're in Germany. Or, Got it. Yeah. So you know what makes sense? I mean, oftentimes people talk about, you know, it's, it's the people. And I, I find, you know, I think in this scenario, too, it's about, you know, the friends that you knew and then, you know, perfect timing, too. And, I, you know, the more that I, I end up meeting people like yourself or people just in kind of, you know, serendipitous, serendipitously, it just it leads to so many more opportunities. Um, so, you know, the, the, the people that are like, oh, you know, I just want to, you know, everything remote just kind of hide behind a computer screen uh, 100% of the time. You know, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think there has to be some level of in-person, right? Absolutely. And I was actually, I'm a recovering introvert. So I used to be really introverted and like preferred to hide behind a computer. Mm-hmm. I was actually, this sounds crazy, but I was actually even uncomfortable to be in on conference calls that in English in the beginning. It was like a really awkward feeling. And, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's really tough when you, when you are, you know, when you struggle with public speaking, like, and, and all these things. A mutual friend, Saeed Baki, he, um, I met him through, he, we sponsored him, we sponsored a talk that he gave about website acceleration. And um, I met him at this conference and we really hit it off. And he introduced me to all the speakers and all the, the, the organizers of the conference. And he has such an outgoing personality that, you know, I kind of tasted blood and, you know, uh, was convinced that that's actually the way to be. That makes way more sense. It's way more fun to be extroverted. Yeah, that sometimes that's just what it takes, right? You just gotta like, you know, one sense of motivation and just go all in. You know, my thing is, um, I'm still introverted. I call myself an introverted extrovert. So I, I kind of have to force myself into these situations, which, you know, this is why sometimes I'll just throw events because then I'm forced to be there. Yep. Um, so whatever way you can, you can hack it, right? Yeah, I, I went to two or three networking events in LA per week. It was like really crazy. And just like force myself to talk to new people all the all the freaking time. And the and I had this aha moment when I was in yoga and my yoga teacher said, Every decision in life you either make out of love or out of fear. And this really resonated with me because it was something I always knew, but I, you know, never really, you know, had this clear description for it. When I give a presentation, 
and I speak out of love because I think about the, the information that I give to people is valuable for them and it's going to improve their lives, then I can give a good presentation versus if I, you know, when I'm full with, of fear and I think like, oh, do people think I have a weird accent? Do they think I'm an idiot or whatever the heck you're thinking, you know? Um, then you, you, I can't give a presentation or I can't give a proper presentation. And um, or with sales, you know, if I want to sell you something and I sell out of love because I know this is a good product and it's going to enrich your life or solve your, your pain points, it's very easy to sell. Versus if you think about the money that you make in this transaction or you think about the mortgage that you have to pay or um, the numbers that you have to hit, then you sell out of fear and it becomes much harder the other person feels this. And yeah, I think it's it's, for me, this has been like a, really big guide throughout my life. Wow, I love that. So can you repeat that quote again? Every decision in life you either make out of love or out of fear. Is that from somebody in particular? I have no idea. My yoga teacher said it. <laughs> wow, that's a really good... I, I, that actually just affected me profoundly. So uh, you never know what happens with these, these interviews, man. Um, all right, well... If, if you want to, to... I can drive it home further. It's like also part of the course where I talk about this. Like a big part is how to manage yourself. And um, one other example is my, I asked my assistant to send out a company-wide internal newsletter once a week, you know, because we grew at a point where, you know, not everybody knew what was going on in the other departments. And every time when she came to me with a draft, I had to correct a million things in there. So I told her, hey, you're doing this out of fear and not out of love. And she looked at me like, what the heck do you want from me? So I explained to her that if she would do this out of love, she would put in the effort to really understand what each department had the saying. Even though we're a super technical company and, you know, it's, for somebody who's not really technical, it's hard to understand what the CTO is talking about. But she would really put in the effort to understand this and she would write this newsletter in a way that everybody gets the most benefit out of it and actually enjoys receiving it. And, you know, like even looking forward to receive it. I told her, you're doing this out of fear. You, the only motivation of, for you doing it is because David said this has to go out at 4 p.m. And, you know, if you do any work out of fear, then you always deliver a shitty result. For example, my, my wife always asked me to do stuff around the house, like hang up pictures or like, I don't know, whatever she comes up with, do stuff in the garden. And this is the last thing I like doing. And um, I always did them out of fear because I didn't want conflict with my wife. And, uh, you know, once, once I realized the love and fear thing, I still start out of fear because I still don't like doing it. But then I switched to love because then I enjoy the task and the result is much better. Otherwise, if I do it out of fear, you know, I kind of cobble it together and then my wife's upset that the result is not up to her spec. So I, think I it love it. It's really, really powerful. Like even when, let's say you get somebody, you ask somebody to, you know, work on an Excel sheet and he gives you the Excel sheet back and there's like dollar columns and a, a column that's supposed to be dollar is not set as dollars, just numbers. Then I just like send it back right away and say, hey, please work this over again. Because I know he did not really do it with love and dot all the I's and cross the T's. I love that. Do you have a blog post on this somewhere? Uh, somewhere, yeah. Okay. Uh, on on, on, on DavidHensel.com. We'll try to we'll try to find it and, and put it in the show notes. But um, just one more bit on on Max CDN. So you know how many you know you, you ended up starting it, and then how many customers did you get up to, or you know how many customers are there today? Um, I think we're in over six, I don't know, maybe seven million websites by now. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And what's one big struggle you faced while growing that business? Oh my God, there was like so many struggles. <laughs> uh, actually, one one really big struggle that I just gave a presentation about at a conference was that we didn't really have a mission statement or a vision statement. We we're just basically in it for the money when we started NetDNA. And we were an enterprise-focused CDN. And, you know, like, I don't know, did you read Crossing the Chasm? Yep. 
So, you know, it's it's you have to somehow convince these enterprise buyers that you're legitimate and you know because they only buy what their peers buy. They don't buy the best product or the cheapest product, they just buy what their peers buy. So they can justify, you know, in front of their boss, like why they bought this. Hey, I bought the gold standard. Otherwise, if something goes wrong, then, you know, they um, may lose their job. We had a really hard time getting started as NetDNA. And then we looked at the market and thought, like, what does the market really need? And the, the biggest need that we saw back then was that CDM was really hard to buy. It was purely an enterprise game. And, uh, you know, you had to talk to a sales guy. They gave you some one-year contracts or two-year contract and, like, some ridiculous monthly minimums. Because they didn't really want to deal with with smaller customers, and um, so we made our mission to make it make CDN as easy and accessible as possible, and as easy to use as possible. And then you know we we packaged this in the Max CDN brand, and then we really took off, and you know was was uh, yeah went went really well. And then we messed up again because we never wrote down this mission statement, and we never communicated over and over to our our staff. And you know it was in the in the heads of. The founding team and you know the early employees, but then we hired more and more strong people, like a new head of engineering and a new um, new head of sales, and they brought in their own ideas because we never told them what what really the idea of our business is. And um, then we started walking into ten different directions, you know, because you need a really clear focus on what you're building. Like we built, for example, some crazy analytics tool that was good for a handful of enterprise customers, but the bulk of our customers was like, okay, well, what do we do with this? You know, we spent like crazy resources and time on this. We could have made our product so much better for the actual core of our business. And uh, Jack Ma, for example, from from um, Alibaba, he, his vision is to make doing business easier anywhere. And he says, I saw, I saw a talk that he gave, he says, every every day, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, you have always like 10 million ideas per day, what you could change in the business or, you know, add to it. And uh, he said, every day I have like so many ideas and people in my business come to me and say, hey, why don't we implement this and that to a business that would make us so much money? And he always runs it through the filter. Is like, does this new feature or does this thing we're going to do here make doing business easier? Yes, I consider it. And no, I will, you know, I will not consider it. So you lose a lot of the FOMO, the fear of missing out. I think that's a very, very critical thing to set a company up for success. To actually have like a really strong positioning in the market and to you know, have this field to actually build a really awesome product. Great. So what is a mission statement? What is a vision statement? So a vision statement is like the North Star that defines what you want to build here. So ideally, it's something that aligns the business, you know, that as, a, as a decision filter and, you know, to, to attract people that they, they're also excited about, about doing this. At Maxidian, the after you know we lost it and we found it again, we came up with a world without waiting. The idea was that at Maxidian, you know, you don't have to wait for anything. Like we deliver objects around the world in 30, 30 milliseconds or less, and all the changes to your account are instant. So we're not only making saving time for your customers, but also you when you administrate it. You know, like uh, a change to the account is instantly, or if you want to add SSL, it's also instantly. Versus with our biggest competitor, it took like a month to add SSL. So we ran it through this filter to make sure that every, you know, we, we, we save time. So that's 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 a vision statement. Great. And the mission statement defines how you're going to do this and for whom you're going to do this. Got it. Okay. And so how? I mean, the you know, it's it's very simple to say. You know, the you know, the the statement is to to save time, right? That's the mission statement. So I mean, it sounds a lot easier said than done. So how long did it take you guys to come up with it? And you know, what was the process for oh coming God, up with it? Oh my God, this was like a real pain. Pain actually. Like we also came up with our core values. If you Google Maxim core values, also like I think it's a very important f- filter to have something like this. So we actually sat down first. We came up with an inter interim mission statement, 
um, which was to deliver the best CDN experience possible, which is you know, kind of a, a blanket statement, but it also works. For example, you know, every time you release a new product, you run through this filter. Does this, you know, is this a really good experience for the customer? So you don't release it on a Friday, you don't release it before Thanksgiving, so you don't want to mess people's, you know, holidays or weekends up, you know, for example, just just a little example. And then we sat down with a with a you know, like five six people from the business, and we had Monday morning two hours a meeting where we talked about this and and crafted this, and this took oh my god, took weeks and weeks it was was really painful, but uh, the result was really good and it, it made it much easier for us to grow. And our core values also something that we came up with in this time. And the idea of the core values is also a filter for the people that we hire and the, who we are, basically. And the first core value is make cool shit. We love what we do and we make cool shit. And the idea with this is like when you have this on a um, job posting and somebody who likes to come to work with a tie on, like he will be scared off immediately because we, you know, we don't want somebody corporate in our, you know, startup doesn't fit the culture. And we also, we, we're a very engineering heavy company, so we want to attract the guys and girls who want to build cool shit. The second one is work and whistle. We get excited about working hard and having fun. And this, the idea is that um, we don't attract somebody who wants a nine to five and is not really passionate about what we're doing here and doesn't care about the customers. So somebody who would leave even though there's a customer issue you know, to, to scare these people off, um, get it done. We roll up our sleeves and get in the ring and get it done. You know, we have to, we have to execute. Then own it. We build trust through total accountability, which is... One of my favorites because as an amazing management tool, if you assign somebody a role or somebody he has to take care of, and if he doesn't deliver it, um, and he starts to come up with five excuses why he didn't do it, you know, then just can say we had these core values over all all over the office on the wall. Just point to the wall and say, "Hey, man, own it." And then you're like, "Okay, you're right. Sorry." You know, so it's, it's a really cool management tool as well. Love it. The next one, two more. Keep going. Uh, just talk fast. Share the love is we generally care about each other and um, we love sharing our goods because we're big into open source and we, um, you know, it's, it's important that people love what they do so they can take good care of your customer and taking good care of your customers. Like, you know, nowadays you cannot, you can't be a non-customer centric company anymore with the web and with Yelp and, you know, review sites. Like it doesn't work anymore. The web um, uh, destroys companies that deliver bad customer service and accelerates companies that provide, you know, that are customer centric. Last one, don't stop. We believe in our infinite potential. It's because we want people who are in a growth mindset. So, sorry for going through all of them. Hope this was no, no, no. That that's super helpful. And <clears throat> people are probably wondering. And you know, this is something that seems easy to to brush over, right? But it, it does take time to put together. So for core values, you know, some people and I used to certainly think that core values. Oh, I can just define them. But you know, it actually is a team exercise. So how did you guys put together your core values? So first of all, we came up with words that describe us or describe the state who we are or who we want to be. And um, then we started to write a few sentences together. We decided that we want always an image that defines it, a short version and a long version, short version so it's easier to remember and long version so we can give more detail. And then we came up in each category that we defined, we came up with like five or six ways of saying it. And then we send it out to the entire staff so people can give their input and can vote on it. Because it's really important that everybody really buys into this and believes that this is actually who we are. You know, so it's not something that, you know, the, the leadership team shoves down people's throats. You know, it's like people have to have buy-in and this is why we, we, we did it that way. Got it. Okay. And this leads into the next thing, which is, you know, you have your personal mission and vision statement. And I, I think this is a big thing. So uh, do you want to talk about that? Sure. I, um, I'm also a firm believer, actually, let me 
take one step back. The course that I'm doing with Managing Happiness is business principles applied to your life and to your family life. Um, because it's, you know, we, we did this and I did this with my wife and um, 80% of all the fights and friction that we had went away. As an entrepreneur, it's really hard to have work-life harmony or work-life balance because the business always consumes you fully. By applying these business principles to our personal life, everything became became much, much easier. I'll tell you the story, how we came up with the thing in the first place, and then I'll talk about my, my mission statement. So um, I was at home after a long meeting about roles and responsibilities at Maxidian, who does what and when, basically. And then I was sitting on my couch at home, and um, my daughter, still in diapers back then, needed a diaper change, and I pointed it out to my wife, like, hey, look, Emma needs a diaper change. My wife got super frustrated that I didn't change the diaper. And I thought to myself, why are we fighting about this? You know, she does it, she changed the diapers 90% of the time and I'm absolutely cool with doing it. But how should I know that it's my turn now? And then I realized that we had never discussed roles and responsibilities in our household. And the very next morning we sat down and did this, you know, kind of wrote down who does what and when. And this took away all these unspoken expectations that, you know, she had of me and, and vice versa. And it was like really crazy how well this worked. And I thought, if this works so well, maybe we can take other um, elements from business and apply it to our personal life. Because, you know, all these things we have in the business, like mission statement, vision statement, regular meetings, budgeting, goal setting, um, you know, like they're there to make this group of people successful and aligned and to make sure there's no friction. And the family is also just a group of people. So it translates over really, really well. And I became obsessed with it. And, you know, this is why I... Uh, you know, made this course. And doing this course is also really in line with my personal mission statement, which is to be a change agent who is transforming individuals and organizations so they can reach their full potential and consciously live the life that they desire. And because this is just the thing that, that makes me the happiest. And um, I, I use this in a sense, you know, um, I've this is my vision statement and then I have um, our core values, which everything, the whole managing happiness thing is organized in Trello. So, which is pretty nerdy, but... but so, this is Trello with your family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, having these, my core values or our family core values in this, my mission statement, makes it so much easier for me to operate my life. You know, for example, you know, that I've sold, people come to me and say, hey, do you want to start this business with me together? Do you want to invest in my business? And I generally would like you know, I would, I would do a lot more things because just I like the people or I think it's a good opportunity to make money. But then I run it through this filter of like, is this really in line with my core values? Is this really in line with my mission statement? And then it's much easier to say no to people, you know, because you actually have a reason to say no. It's not just, just because. And yeah, a lot of FOMO goes away. Got it. And so how did you come up with your own, you know, uh, your own, your own personal statement? Because I mean, you know, you'd say that it's something that you like doing, but I feel like there's a deeper, maybe a deeper story to it. Um, there is a, there's an exercise called the funeral exercise. You basically um, envision your own funeral and the people that are important in your life, let's say wife, business partner, kid, you know, somebody from the community goes up and give a speech and what is the what are the things that you want these people to say what's the ideal thing that they say and if you can envision this you know then you're already much closer in terms of what you want to do with your life and then you kind of mix this with the things that you really enjoy doing and the things you're really good at and then you kind of come up with with your mission statement it's also part of the course work wow that's great so what what else is in the course? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this, you know, the entrepreneurial people, because it's an entrepreneur audience, right? They're wondering, like, what kind of templates, what kind of, you know, what, what kind of hacks do you have inside of the course? I mean, can you talk about it a little bit? It's a six-week course. 
And the first part of the course is how to manage yourself, which, you know, I talked a little bit about the love and fear thing. This, this is in there a little more elaborate than it's finding a personal mission statement. It's also in the first week and um, how to become emotionally strong, which is super important as an entrepreneur because you always have to deal with problems. And, you know, in life, there's always like crazy stuff that's happening. Then uh, week two is to come up with your family core values, your family rules of engagement, basically how you want to treat each other at home. Because often, you know, you treat the people that are closest to you the worst. You know, for example, you would never in a million years yell at somebody in the office. You know, it's like most likely not going to happen, but it's more likely that you do this at home. And coming up with your, your family bucket list and just kind of basically figuring out what you want out of life. Then the next week is coming up with your roles and responsibilities. And then I introduce Trello and how to manage all the stuff that we do in, in Trello. Week four is planning and goal setting. You know, in a business, it's unthinkable not to set goals or not to plan. But in, in life, a lot of people do this. Um, then uh, week five is problem solving. Because in, in a relationship, you most likely only talk about your problems when you fight. Right. And then you just want to win this argument. You don't really want to solve it. Right. You just want to because you're emotionally involved. And um, just translate this over to the business. Let's say your your VP of sales doesn't bring in the numbers. You know, going to him and yelling at him is like pretty unproductive. You'd rather sit down with him and say, hey, you know, why is this happening? How can we solve this? You know, how can I be of service to figure this out? And, you know, this is what, what you should be doing in your relationship as well. So we have like a column in Trello where we write in the things that annoy us about each other. And then we only always pick one thing that we actively work on. First, we brainstorm how we can solve this issue. And then, you know, we track how we do over a few weeks. And then once it's solved, we take it off and we put up the next one. An example would be me always being on the phone at home and my wife getting upset about this because my, my brain is still at work. You know, I'm, I'm on Slack or I'm answering an email and my wife's upset that I'm not present with my wife and uh, with my daughter and her. And, you know, she, she, you know, complains about this and I get emotionally involved because I think like, hey, you have no idea what important thing I'm answering right now. So um, the solution that we had is to give people in the business my home phone number and to put my phone on charge and on mute. So in case something went south, people can reach me. And it's worked pretty, really well. We still do this. Wow. Okay. And week six is about finances. It's the last week where, you know, you talk about money and you set your financial goals. Because in, surprisingly, in a lot of relationships, this is like uh, a not really discussed topic and a reason for lots of fights. Great. And so this sounds like this is something that everybody needs. So, I mean, you know, how does pricing for the course work? Uh, I'm sure some people probably want to take a look at it that are listening. Pricing for the course is, we said at $500, because, but we just launched. So we put it at $200 or so, like $197, I think, right now. And check it out at managinghappiness.com. And actually, you know what, if uh, I can, I use Member Mouse for the course, I can create a coupon you and then i can give people 25 percent off through this yeah i mean why don't we just make the coupon growth everywhere or something and then if people want to find it they can just enter it in yeah. great and then so you know what i imagine i mean with something like this it's, it's an entire system right how do you convince let's say somebody's dating like they, they just started you know the maybe not just started, maybe dating someone for you know a year or two, maybe about to get married soon. Uh, how do you have this conversation that you should build a system? Because then it sounds, they're like, oh, I can see the resistance, right? It's, this is too yep. businessy. I don't need a system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my wife was, was, um, was the same thing for her. She was pretty resistant in the beginning as well. But once she saw the results of defining our roles and responsibilities, the resistance dropped quite significantly. She was still a little bit resistant to, in the beginning, I had this in Excel sheets. And, you know, I was working Excel sheets, but my wife, uh, I don't know, has like some traumatic experience with 
with these type of things. Uh-huh. So she really hated working with Excel. And then we, um, you know, we have printouts in the course as well. So you can do it on a piece of paper and then trans, trans, um, move it over to Trello. And Trello is like more visual and, and just better UX. And this was the thing that kind of um, pushed it over the edge. But in general, my, my killer counter argument with this is, you know, like if you, you manage the things that are important to you, you manage your business, you manage your money, you manage your health. And if your relationship is important to you, then you put in some time to manage your relationship, you know, and then it's going to be, your relationship is going to be so much better. You know, like, and I'm a firm believer that everything has to grow. It kind of fits with your theme growth everywhere. Yeah. Because I believe, you know, if, if a business is not growing anymore, if a plant's not growing anymore, if a person's not growing anymore or relationships not growing anymore it, it it's dying you know like it's it's not fun anymore maybe yep. that's just, just me as an entrepreneur but i think that's like like a global thing it's always important that you have some kind of growth everywhere <laughs> yeah agreed yeah i mean that's that's a tony robbins quote right i mean if you're not growing you're dying um so or maybe it's not for maybe he said it maybe it's just somebody else i don't know you know when we met in person i, I think we we talked about uh you know some kind of important habits that you've established to help, you know, reduce kind of thinking about things that are not as important, like, you know, what you need to wear every day and things like that. So I, I'd be curious for you to share your, your daily habits again, just so people know how, how, uh, how you kind of do things. I like to simplify things and I like to have, um, you know, habits everywhere because it, it makes life so much easier. You don't have to think it becomes like, you know, second nature. So um, I like even little things i put out the clothes I'm going to wear the next day, the evening before, and I pack my yoga bag the evening before, you know, so to make sure that um, it's just, just an automated system. And, you know, when I, when I come home, everything has like its spot. So then you never have to clean up after yourself. But the, I think the habit that has the biggest impact on me is um, I, I have this gratitude rock that I pick up every morning and I go through the things that I'm grateful for. And this puts me into an all is well state of mind. You know, especially as an entrepreneur, it's 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 super important because you always have problems that you deal with, and I mean in life as well. Like most people deal with some problems, and you get sucked into these problems, like the big problem of the day. You think it's like, oh my god, life sucks because you have this problem. But in in the big picture, this problem is just a pick of dust. You know, like in in a few weeks or in a few months, you won't even remember that you had this problem, and you always forget like all the positive things that you have in your life. You know, like your healthy body, your loved ones your business, your friends, like, you know, the list is always long. The list is long for pretty much everybody. And um, so I have this rock with me and I put it in my pocket and sometimes I still get stressed out, but then from time to time I feel the rock and this brings me back into this all this well state of mind. And at the end of the day, when I come home, I take out the rock and I go through the things that went great this day. You know, yet sometimes you have a very productive morning, but at 5 p.m. you have a falling out with a employee, customer or your spouse and you think the whole day sucked, but it did not. You know, there was lots of positive things. True. And, so this is a rock, literally. Yeah, it's like some stone that you find on the street, like a random, like special. Only my stones work. I sell them for eight hundred dollars. <laughs> so that's the upsell from the after the course, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it. So, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, it's super important that you are emotionally strong. You know, at Maxi, in a few years back, we've been hacked. You know, and if the leadership team then freaks the heck out. It's, you know, it drives everybody crazy. But if you, if you can accept whatever happens, no matter how bad the situation is, then you can act. Otherwise, you just react. And, you know, as the leader of your company or your team, it's really important that you are calm and, you know, like you're the captain on the boat and you have to navigate this boat through rough sea and you can't afford anybody to flip out. They have to do their jobs. And, you know, if, if you flip out, it drops off on them. So I think it's, it's super, super important um, for people to do this. Yeah. 
And the other thing is um, the in, in terms of like your wardrobe, I think you've also reduced decision making too, right? Yeah, um, um, I bought. I like this, this brand called Gustin. They um, kind of like a Kickstarter model, so to say. You you prepay and then they manufacture it for you, but they actually they actually ship it to you, not like Kickstarters. <laughs> and uh, um, I bought five times the same black black jeans, five times the same, fifteen times the same black T-shirt, <clears throat> and three times the same Vans shoes. You know, just like to to minimize headache. Like when I travel, I like to travel. I travel a lot. Just see, like, oh, I'm going for five days. And I just, like, go one, two, three, four, five, six, and put it in. And uh, I don't have to think about, like, oh, does these shoes work with this shirt, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, make makes life much easier. Yeah. You know, after after we had that conversation, I, I went to uh, Bonobos, which I like, and I just ordered, you know, seven of one shirt and seven of another. So uh, that that's thanks to you. And it does make life a lot easier, by the way. Um, because if you look at, you know, the, the Steve Jobs of the world, or the Zuckerbergs of the world, that's what they do, right? So... What's one big tool, what's one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value, like Evernote? I mean, one amazing tool with, with podcasting is Zencaster, because I'm, I'm also in the process of starting a podcast. Zencaster is, is pretty amazing. But actually, one really cool tool, I just bought it on, at AppSumo. It's Better Proposals. Better Proposals, yeah, I saw that deal the other day. And it's pretty phenomenal, actually. Like It takes like no effort to put together like a really amazing proposal that really blows people away and um you know i i do some consulting with with companies with startups and it's just like makes makes a real, real impression on, on people and also like it's like you know like a talker sign you can get the signature in there and stuff like this it's really really awesome if this deal is still up check it out it's, it's really cool yeah i think it might still well uh, by the time this is aired maybe it might not be up anymore but yeah definitely check it out um how about a must read book that you'd recommend to everyone Oh my god, I'm I'm a big book nerd. Actually, when I hire people, I always ask them, "What are the last three books that you've read, and what are the three books that had the biggest impact in your life?" And um, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Just oh, me myself. You okay, I was like, "What's going on?" Uh, so um, I always ask people, "What are the three books that had the biggest impact in your life, and what are the three books that you just finished reading?" And the, the second question I ask because I want to see if people are in a growth mindset, if they actually, you know, if they grow. And the other question is because I want to see if there's books that, uh, you know, good books, tip, tips that I can read. And the top three for me would be um, Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil. Basically any Napoleon Hill books, you know, like um, uh, Think and Grow Rich, How to Sell Your Way Through Life, um, The Laws of Success, like really, really amazing books, especially when you're an entrepreneur. It's like, uh, I think a must to read. And the other one that had like a really profound impact on me was um, the four agreements, which is basically the agreements that you make with yourself. And um, people often have conflicting agreements in their mind. And if you if you read this book, you, you you'll stop the chatter in your mind, and you know, it makes it way easier to focus and execute, and also makes you way much stronger emotionally. And what I'm reading right now is the Untethered Soul which is also a really amazing book. It's a little, you know, hippie yoga, but it's all about how you how you deal with stuff that happens to you in life and you're emotionally strong. Got it. That's great. So a ton of books. We'll definitely drop them inside of the show notes. And yeah, I mean, David, this has been fantastic. I think people should check out your stuff for sure. Um, and what's the best way for people to find you online? Um, you can. I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm most actively on Facebook, so feel free to add me or shoot me an email at dh at davidhansel.com. Always happy to chat about anything. 
All right, David, this is phenomenal. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.